we welcome into the program from CBSSports.com, Shehan Jayaraja. Shehan, good morning. We appreciate your time this morning. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Let's uh, let's begin with football news right here in River City. Uh, your thoughts on the formal announcement that uh, that the Bears and Beta University have gotten a deal done with with Dave Aranda through twenty twenty nine. Yeah, I mean, obviously this has been rumored for a little while at this point, but to finally see that the ink is dry, to finally see that it's publicly announced, I I think it's huge. I think it's really big for the program. You know, obviously with contracts, uh, you know, they can be broken, but it doesn't mean that that people can't leave. But, I mean, 2029 is a long ways out. I mean, to sign a contract that's going to take you that long down the road, seven years, uh, you know, you'd imagine that there's a substantial buyout. You'd imagine that uh, more than anything else, it, it kind of helps insulate you from Anybody who's not, you know, Alabama, really those top end programs from being able to to poach Dave Aranda from you. And the other thing, too, is that I think it's a real sort of uh, investment in the program on the part of Dave Aranda. It shows that he's serious about being here because, you know, I mean, seven year contract, that's, that's a long contract for anybody. Uh, you know, he could have signed a, a four or five year contract and, and been just fine. So I think that signing something that lengthy, I think, shows that he's in it for the long haul, that he feels that he can win big. At Baylor, and and I think that uh, everybody in Baylor Nation should be pretty excited. What does this do overall for the Bears as far as moving forward? It, does it just create that stability that you were talking about, or does it enheighten the excitement? I, I think both, uh, definitely. I mean, I think that it shows that, you know, obviously I think Matt Rule made the decision that was best for himself, but it did ultimately mean a, a coaching change after three years. You know, that's not going to happen. Uh, it sure looks like with Dave Aranda, it looks like he's going to be around a little bit longer than that. You're going to be able to see a little bit more how they build on that momentum. And, and the other thing that I'll mention too, is that, you know, you look at the teams that are recruiting the best right now in college football. Uh, you look at Texas A&M, you look at Georgia, you look at Alabama. I'm not saying Baylor's going to get into that range, but I don't think that it's a coincidence that those are the three most stable coaching situations in the SEC. And I think that when you do have stability, when, when players know what they get, uh, I think it makes a difference. We've seen that in the Big 12 as well, you know, with, uh, with Oklahoma State and TCU historically being, you know, among those top five programs in the Big 12 in terms of recruiting year in and year out. And I think that Baylor, if they can hang on to Dave Aranda long-term, which it looks like they're going to do, I, I think that that really does help them long-term with people who are looking at the program, with people who want to know who they're going to be coached by. And, uh, and I think that that's a huge deal for, for Baylor Athletics. Shayhan, one future Big 12 coach that got a contract extension is uh, Luke Fickle over at Cincinnati. When you see that, when you see Coach Aranda locked up, looking ahead to the future of the Big 12, what are your thoughts of the coaches who are going to be here heading these programs? Yeah, I mean, and, and the other one that I'll mention, too, is that Dana Holgerson also just got a contract extension, too, though terms haven't been uh, officially announced as yet. So what it, what you're all of a sudden looking at is, again, Luke Fickle, Dana Holgerson, uh, Dave Aranda, he, uh, obviously Mike Gundy is going to be around for the long term. I mean, to, to have coaches like this entering the conference, that, that gives you a great base. That, that, gives you, that puts you in a really good position. And then, obviously, you have some new guys that, uh, that are going to come in, somebody like Joey McGuire, who I think has already done a really good job of just bringing excitement into that program, of, of really you know, sort of adding something on the recruiting trail. And so I, I think that it puts the Big 12 in a really good position to have some sure things in the coaching realm. So, you know, I think that with Cincinnati – Cincinnati's never been this kind of program. You know, the, the type who has top 10 finishes, the type that makes college football playoffs 
But I think that having the kind of consistency that Luke Fickle will bring will put them at least in that top 10 conversation. And same with Baylor and same with Oklahoma State. And, and Houston, I think this upcoming year has a chance to really, you know, potentially be that New Year's Six team from the American Athletic Conference. So I, I think that it puts the Big 12 in a great position having that level of stability. And the other thing, too, that you say about all of the coaches that I mentioned is that all of them want to be there. I mean, I, I could conceive all five of those coaches that I mentioned potentially being there for multiple years, you know, and, and I think that that's a great position for the Big 12 to be in. And, and you mentioned it a minute ago, but uh, I, I, I just, just, and again, we, we were not privy to the, to the details, but I would suspect that the, the buyout would be substantial with, uh, with Dave Aranda's uh, contract. I, I think Mac Rhodes was looking for, for stability. He doesn't want to be looking for a new football coach every three years. Now, I would think that was probably one of the big things that uh, that went into that deal. Yeah, no question. I mean, I think that the big thing is, again, if, if Nick Saban retires and Alabama wants Dave Aranda and Dave Aranda wants Alabama, you know, they're going to make it happen. But for anything less than that, I mean, a buyout can be really prohibitive for a school looking for a new coach. I mean, just a couple of years ago, this is on the basketball side, but we saw that, you know, TCU had a relatively sizable buyout for Jamie Dixon, their basketball coach, and it turned away UCLA. You know, UCLA had to go in another direction because they couldn't pay Jamie Dixon's buyout. Now, you know, again, I, I think that obviously football is a little different, but but still, it can be a real inhibitor. And the other thing, too, is that I think that agreeing to a, a major buyout is an indicator on Dave Randa's part, right? I mean, it, it is sort of saying it's going to be at least a couple more years before, you know, I'm even considering other options. And uh, and again, I think that puts you in a great position. And the other thing, too, is that if somebody pays the buyout, well, that's a lot of money to kind of jumpstart you on, on uh, finding a new coach. So I don't anticipate that comes until way down the line, of course. But uh, but I think that regardless, it puts Baylor in a really good position. At this time of the juncture, we usually see the cream start rising to the top in NCAA basketball as we get closer to conference tournaments in NCAA tournament. But have we seen this much of maybe the the upsets this late in the season continuing to have some top teams get knocked off like Kentucky getting knocked off by Tennessee last night and, and some other games that you kind of look at the score and go, oh, wow, didn't see that coming. Is, is this year a little more volatile than, than we've seen in recent years? Yeah, I, I don't think there's any question about it. I mean, I think it's a little bit more of an experienced year than most years, which I think makes a difference for some of these uh, for some of these. Uh, you know, upset teams, like you mentioned, just having people who have been around the program because of that fifth year COVID rule, because of uh, all the transfers as well. I, I think that ends up being a big deal. And, uh, and sort of the other thing too, is that I just think that um, there isn't like a truly dominant team in college basketball this year. And that's, and that's fun. You know, they're, they're eight to 10 teams that I think will be right there in the national title conversation, of course, Baylor being among them. And so it's really going to be about who kind of gets things together when they're heading into the tournament. I mean, obviously for Baylor, it's going to be about, can they be healthy? Can they be on the same page? Can LJ Cryer be back? Uh, Because, you know, they they haven't looked like sort of that, that number one type team since LJ Cryer has been down, but, uh, but, you know, that's kind of what everybody's going through right now. Like you mentioned, uh, you know, you, you see teams like Kentucky and Auburn and, uh, you know, everybody else losing. And so I think that it's going to put uh, – I think it's going to put college basketball in a great position heading into March. Shay, I want to go back to football real quick. Were you surprised yesterday by the move of the Conference USA putting that uh, the schedules out there with schools already saying, hey, we're, we're leaving, we're not coming? Yeah, I mean, I think that more than anything else, right, like Conference USA, I think – once 
these schools to either, you know, kind of publicly relent, which I think would be in some ways uh, in their mind a win for the conference, or to, to give them a big check. You know, I think that conference to say really feels like their sort of uh, authority is being questioned, that they, that, you know, that they are kind of being undermined in a lot of ways by these schools just kind of saying, we don't care about the bylaws, we're just going to leave and you can't do anything about it. And, you know, obviously legally, <laughs> you, you look at that and, and they're tied into conference USA. They're not legally allowed to leave until uh, after 14 months of announcing. And so, so this is going to go to court most likely, and and it's probably going to be a battle of attrition. It's going to be, you know, a situation where conference USA is going to be. I mean, you'd imagine that they might even, uh, they might even lose the amount of money that that they uh, that they would be able to pay out to these schools just going to court costs. So it's going to be a game of chicken in a lot of ways. Um, but I think that both sides are very proud and, and they don't want to buy back down. Is Texas and Oklahoma watching this real closely? <laughs> I think they are in some ways, but I think that for the big 12, you know, it's, it's airtight lawyers. The amount of money is huge. So, I mean, like there's going to be no question that the big 12 would take them to court for a long, 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 long time. Um, so, but I do think that they're going to be watching closely. I'd be, I'd be curious if there's even any legal precedent that will come out of a case like this, because certainly, again, I think we'll be going to court. Um, you know, but uh, but I think at the end of the day, again, you know, when you sign a contract, I think it's gonna, I think it's going to come back to bite some of these schools, and they're probably going to have to pay out more than they expected. And I want to go back to basketball for just a second. You mentioned injuries with like with L.J. Cryer, uh, and now that uh, Jonathan Chalmachach was not going to be available for the rest of the season. Uh, look, Baylor's going to be in the tournament. We know they're going to be in the tournament. When when the committee looks at 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 the, at Baylor and any other team that's in the same type situation, obviously they're looking at all of the the basic parameters that they look at. But do they also look at okay, this team's healthy, this team's not healthy? Is that, in your opinion, a uh, a deciding factor on whether maybe they're a one seed or a two seed or a three seed or whatever the case may be? You know, I, I think that they're probably going to – it's context, right? It's something for them to consider. You know, but, but I think that's where it, they maybe think about it more is if a team was missing a player for some key games and, and you know, maybe when they – come back then then they can give them credit for that for a team like Baylor I think that they're just going to look at them pretty straightforward I think that they're going to say look at all these tier one wins look at all these you know ranked victories uh you look at this great record still in big 12 play and still you know they're still very much in contention for a big 12 championship and so I don't think that they hold against uh you know hold it against them in any way that that uh, everyday John will be out and I think that they do maybe take some context of okay, you know, when they have some of these losses, it's because they're missing their leading scorer. So I, I think that it doesn't end up being a huge deal, especially since you have an injury that, you know, will kind of wash out of the program with a, with LJ Cryer coming back and one that won't with Everyday John not. But I do think that, uh, you know, it's a lot for them to consider. And obviously there's, there's 68 teams that they're going to put into the tournament, so they can't you know, go case by case every single time. But in the case of somebody like Baylor, where you're fighting for a one or two seed, I think that they will look at that context at least a little bit. Shayon, I can't let you go without asking about Matt Stafford. I mean, we know about <laughs> his his humble beginnings, the the struggles on the mean streets of Highland Park. What, what are your thoughts about? It? You were really adamant about that on Twitter the other day. I, I just, I just feel like uh, you know, this, this kind of goes back actually to this great piece that Brian Curtis uh, wrote in the Ringer, which you know is basically that everybody's always so focused on like the haters and like their grind of the top, and it's just man, 
Matthew Stafford, first of all, this is not about him. You know, this is this is about the presentation of his story. But, like, I don't know why everybody kind of feels like they have to, like, have overcome something, you know, to, to like, overcome their beginnings. Like, I'm, I'm from a wealthy suburb, too. There's no way in hell that you hear me saying, like, I overcome coming out of Coppell, Texas. You know, it's just, it's just <laughs> not the case, right? And so, you know, I, I, just, I just hate that, you know, because it, it, it just feels dishonest, right? It feels dishonest to kind of say, oh, you know, we didn't have access. We're from a small town, and, and obviously it's five miles from downtown and, you know, the richest zip code in the state of Texas. And, and again, I, I want to be clear, this is not about Matthew Stafford. This is about that story. But I don't know. We glamorize so much of the, the idea of this struggle. And it's okay to kind of say, you know, in this area, I didn't struggle. I, I had a lot of help. I, you know, I, I don't know that the need to kind of go in there and, <laughs> and kind of rewrite the story to pretend that it's something that it's not. All right, what's the big read right now on CBSSports.com, Shehan? Yeah, well, uh, I put up a story last week kind of dealing with uh, kind of breaking down some of the, the recruiting rankings of the guys who played in the Super Bowl. Three players who didn't have rankings at all played in the game. Obviously, Cooper Cup, who won Super Bowl MVP among them. And uh, other than that, you know, just keep an eye on the news. Obviously, had some stuff up uh, on the Conference USA stuff, had some stuff up on Lee Sickle's contract extension. So uh, keep tuned to CBSSports.com for all the latest. Shayhan, we appreciate your time. Thanks so much. Thank you. Talk to you soon. That is uh, Shayhan Jayaraja from